Let's give her a standing ovation from Valley. Where's Zarian? Where did that boy go? Anybody find him? If you find him, could you ask him to come here? Christy, would you mind sitting with me? Uh, would you mind reading that um, scripture that you've been reading this weekend? I love y'all. We do look like sisters. Y'all, she let me borrow her dress this morning. <laughs> and my mom is like, honey, you look so pretty. I FaceTimed her. And uh, then Kevin was like, could you bring it home? But I told him we'll go get one. No, 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 no. Oh, the Lord is so good at me. <laughs> Hi. Austin's mom, right? How are you doing? I love looking around and seeing faces of people that I've gotten to spend some one-on-one -on -one time well not just one-on-one -on -one, us and Jesus and sometimes Christy and sometimes Maddie and whoever was in the room it's okay if I just kind of sit here for a second oh we just want you Jesus we just want you and we just say Lord that you're so real and we're so thankful to know that you're real and I pray Lord that this morning anyone who still knows you as an idea that has not experienced the reality of you I pray that you will come and do what only you can do because I could talk for hours which I am prone to do and not reveal you Jesus said, no man can come to me unless he's drawn by the Father. I can't make Jesus look good enough for you to love him. I can't make Jesus... I can't make Jesus look good enough for you to love him. Zarian, could you get me some tissue on your way up? <laughs> I can't make him look good enough for you to love him. I can't I can't sit here and and talk about all the miracles and the healings. Thank you, honey. Will you sit with me? Thank you. I can't I could talk about miracles for hours. I could I could literally fill hours and hours talking about healings and miracles and deliverance. But when you leave, you might just want a miracle or a healing or a deliverance. Or you might just want to do miracles and healings and deliverance. But that might not make you want Jesus. And I would way rather you want Jesus. And so I'm asking... I'm asking in the name of Jesus, Father, that, that you will draw. If if you want that, if even if you say, I've well, I know Jesus, I've known him since I was little. 
Well, I, I wanted Jesus since I was six. I would come to the altar and I would I would pray for the Holy Ghost <laughs> till I threw up. <laughs> till my mom told me to stop going down there because I would never throw up. And, and I was hungry for God, but I can't say that I really knew Him until five years ago. And I had an encounter with Him. And I woke up. Like that song. I woke up to I woke up to him. I had served him my whole life. I I was one of the best Christians I knew, as in I didn't do a lot of bad things. <laughs> I thought that's what being a Christian was. Don't do a lot of bad things. And then I, I found him. I, can't, I didn't even find him. I can't even say I was looking for him. I know the Bible says that you'll, you'll find him when you seek for him with all your heart. I was not seeking for him with all my heart the morning that I found him. I wasn't. I, was, I wasn't. I didn't, even, I didn't even know where my Bible was, if I even had one. I would read a little devotion. And then I would read health articles all day because that was my new God. Because I thought that was going to heal my baby. Because he had almost died twice in a week. He had four life threatening food allergies and 32 food sensitivities at just five months old. And so I was convinced my poor health had hurt him and my good health would heal him. And um, so that became my new religion. And I was walking down my stairs one morning after no sleep. Uh, I could only eat eight ingredients for about three years um, because I was nursing him and that's all he could have. So I didn't sleep a lot because I was too busy worrying because that's what a good mother does, right? Um, come to find out, no. <laughs> Well, I was raised in the South, and it was a shame if you didn't worry about your kids. You just weren't a very good mother. <laughs> but I found out along the way that worry doesn't mean you're smart, and fear doesn't keep your kids safe. You want to connect to the devil for your kids and draw stuff? Go ahead and keep fearing. You want to connect to God? That is done through trust. If you have a lot of fear this morning and you want to be delivered of it, I'm going to tell you how to do it. You repent of it. <laughs> You want to be delivered of worry? My son told me the other day, he said, Mom, I'm so worried. And everybody would say, well, he has a right to be because he, he heard he, he was in the room and we got a phone call. One of the girls in our church, um, she was out of town at her mom's house and, and, and she called and it was on the speakerphone and she'd found her mom who was no longer, who was no longer alive. And my son got hit with crippling fear and worry and so the other day he was like mama i'm so worried and i'm telling you i've done everything 
I've done everything um, for him. And then the Lord, everything I could. And then the Lord told me one night, he said, you're not at rest about Elijah. I said, you're right. I'm not. And he said, you know that your heart not resting in me means you don't trust me. Because where you can't rest, you don't trust. Now, I'm not saying that if you fear for your child, that that exact fear is going to happen. I'm not saying that. I mean, Job did say what I fear the most has come upon me, so I probably wouldn't take any chances with it if I were you. (laughs) One morning I came down the stairs and I said, God, are you going to protect my children? I don't really talk to him anymore like that, but I did that day. I was terrified. And so he told me to go to his word. And so I spent the day, I spent my whole day in the word concerning my children and concerning faith and trust. And by the end of that night, you couldn't give me a million dollars to worry about my kids. Because our connection to God is one way, trust I see fear is the road the devil travels on. (laughs) Fear is faith in the enemy and his ability to do more evil than our God can do good. I trust you, God. I trust you, God. So when the Lord told me my heart wasn't at rest about Elijah, I I went to the piano and I started singing i'm gonna trust in the lord like never before i'm gonna give all my worries away i'm gonna trust in the lord like never before gonna give all my worries away starting today because where i where i can't rest i don't trust where i can't rest I don't trust where I can't rest. I don't trust. And that is a test of my love. I'm going to trust in the Lord. See, that's a decision. That, that, see, I want to tell you, trust is not a gift to those that God loves more than you. Trust, faith is a gift from God, but you trusting God is not God saying, I love you so much that I'm going to give you trust in me. Your trust is your gift to God. And it is a decision. Did you know that you can choose not to fear and worry? And if you can't, maybe there is a demonic stronghold that needs to come down, but it'll start with repenting. So the other day, Elijah was like, Mom, I'm so worried. And, and he was expecting me to do what I had been doing before the Lord confronted me that night. And I said, well, you need to repent. <laughs> and he said, what? And I said, uh, honey, you need to repent because the Lord said, don't worry. You need to obey the word by the power of the Holy Ghost, by the grace that is given to you by God. He told me the other day, he said, Mommy, you know, I'm not worried anymore. (laughs) He thought he couldn't escape it. 
I have about 200 different sermons I want to preach. I have about 20 hours that I want to... Every time somebody said something today, I wanted to say 30 things. I woke up this morning and read through First and Second Timothy. I want to read it all to you. I, I want to read the whole Bible to you. I'm just going to do what he says, okay? And I, I feel him saying focus on the children. So I'm going to just talk a little bit about my boys. And if it's okay, I'm going to talk a little bit about Zarian. Have you all met Zarian? Who hasn't met Zarian? Who has not met Zarian? Raise your hand. Look at all these people you get to meet. <laughs> Y'all need to meet Zarian. I met him last night. I had the honor to speak last night to Tribe. Is that what? You, yeah, to Tribe. And it was so beautiful. And I, I was trying not to be intimidated. Because it's just the only age group that can intimidate me if I let them. Could you tell? I didn't let y'all. Okay. Anyway, I'm so thankful that I remembered God is God last night because I really would. I'd be like, Ooh, oh, Jesus, I'm a little older. I don't know if they're going to respond to me. You know what I mean? And just whatever, all the different things that you could think. But when Zarin came in, he just gave me a big smile and we hugged each other. And then I invited everyone to come off their seats and come sit with me if they wanted to. Can you tell I like that? We meet in our home. Well, we just got a building. We just got a building for our church back home. But until then, we've met in our living room. So everybody just sits around. And anybody that wants to come sit up here this morning, it would make me so happy. So if anybody just like has a desire to come sit with us, you're welcome to. So Zarian came and sat with me last night. Um, could you and Javon? Okay, Javon got healed last night. Y'all, he came in with a brace on his knee. I asked him, could I tell this today? A brace on his knee and a brace on his ankle. And, and we all prayed for him last night. And that boy mixed his faith with the prayer and started ripping that stuff off. He didn't have it on this morning. Praise the Lord. <laughs> oh, and then you're his grandmother, right? And then she comes in to pick them up. And Christy starts praying for her. She falls out. Javon comes back in without his braces. He goes, oh, my gosh. And I said, it's okay. She just fell out. And the he's all right. I'm going to go on back outside and do whatever he was doing. <laughs> Love you, Javon. <laughs> so Zarian, um, last night, I had asked him, and, and I'm just going to tell you something that you could do for your life, and it would be really good. Read your Bible. Oh, look what I turned to. So I turned to the same book that he turned to last night. And he turned to Lamentations 3. Anybody, has anybody in here read the whole book of Lamentations Anybody read it? Okay. You know, they're talking about the mercies new this morning. You've, you've heard his tender mercies are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. Isn't that just a beautiful idea? And aren't we so comforted by that? Read Lamentations and check out the situation and the circumstance concerning concerning 
the, the land and the prophet as this was written. Unspeakable. I wouldn't even talk about it. It would scare the children. It might scare the adults more than the children. I won't even talk about how dire and how desperate the situation was when Lamentations was written. But the writer believed that God was faithful <laughs> and His tender mercies are new every morning. So last night I was just speaking and asking the Lord to come, just hoping and knowing, not just hoping, but believing that He would come. And so I challenged Zarian to open the Bible and let God speak to him. And this is what he opened to. And it is good for people to submit at an early age to the yoke of his discipline. <laughs> and I said, do you know that straight to you that he's saying right now at your age, were you thinking maybe you're a little young for this? Do you know that he's speaking right to you? And then we talked a little bit about how his discipline proves that, that we are legitimate, that we are not illegitimate. His discipline proves his love for us. His discipline, his correction proves that he loves us. Do you know what else proves? Okay, so that proves his love. Do you know what proves that your faith is genuine? Trials and tests and troubles. Oh, isn't it so backwards from how we see it sometimes? And so you could really feel the Holy Spirit on him, dealing with him. And I asked him at one point, I said, honey, how are you feeling? And he said, you want to say it? Why don't you say whatever you want to say, okay? I'll follow Pastor Lynn and hold the mic so you don't have to. And then I'll, you, you want to hold it? You don't want to say it? You want me to say it? Okay. So I asked him, I said, how are you feeling? He said, one sentence, he said, I feel new. When I found the Lord, when he found me, you know, we seek and you shall find him. If you, if you search for him with all your heart, let me tell you that finding God, trying to find God is exhausting and tiring unless you know that you've been found by God. Trying to choose him can seem so hard unless you know you've been chosen. And five years ago when God found me, I finally knew what it felt to be born again. Because I felt new. I felt cleansed. I felt washed. I felt like it was a brand new start. And I loved Him with all of my heart. And people, I'm going to tell you what, I love everybody that, I love everybody because God says love your enemies. So, <laughs> and I'm just saying people that kind of set themselves up as my enemies because you know that a lot of the church tried their best 
to prevent me from loving Jesus so much just kind of made him uncomfortable. I'm just so thankful that I found him in a way that I didn't care. That I decided I'd rather have him than them. And because of him, I love everyone. Let me, this is a good picture of like, we always want Jesus to answer our prayers, but this thing right here, this is answering the prayer of John uh, 17, the prayer that Jesus prayed for unity. The, the prayer that he prayed before the cross, he prayed for unity, that we would be one with him and with each other. It's not a Lone Ranger gospel. It's not be really amazing, figure out how to do all the miracles and, and get to where everyone needs you and you need no one. <laughs> it's such a gospel of unity. In fact, when we stand before him on that day, and we all will, our conscience will be clear that we live like Jesus on the earth and that we loved our brothers and sisters. Did you know that? Did you know that? If you didn't, look for it, Google it, and then read it and read all of it and whatever you google and you read that verse read that chapter and then read that book at, at our church i'll open the bible and i'll say oh let's read here and i'll go oh let's back up and they'll go just go to genesis we know you want to go to genesis because we'll just read through books at our services because i just don't have anything better to say than what he said i just don't have anything better to say than the word of god so Zarian last night was so new and I'm going to tell you that we all were so in the presence of God for hours and then I saw Nathaniel come over and just wrap his arms if, if you want to do it now you can too just wrap his arms around him and then begin like modeling what it looks like and like taking his little arms his big arms and lifting them up and just showing him how he could just worship the Lord. Did, did y'all see him? Did you, anybody happen to see him down here? He had his arms raised just about the whole worship service. That is first love. And that is what we're supposed to keep. Like he was saying, that's what Jesus said. You've, you don't love me like you did at first. Do you, do you love him like you did at first? think about it right now just take a minute if there's ever been this is how I try to live my life if there's ever a time in my life that I feel like there was a time that I loved him more I'm putting on the brakes on everything else in my life until I'm back at that first love it doesn't have to take years or months or weeks or even days it's just remembering the cross that's what I do. I go back and I remember the cross. And I remember how it felt to feel clean. And I remember how it feels to be saved. To recognize that we are saved. I was telling Christy, when people ask, what's your gift? Like, what's your gifting? What do you feel? My gift is salvation. That's my gift. 
I know, but like, I know. Yeah, that's cute. Okay. But what's your real gift? Um, Holy Spirit. May we never graduate from the gift of salvation to be amazing. <laughs> I'm all for prophecy. Thank you, Lord, for it, because I'd be against Jesus if I wasn't. I'm for miracles. I'm for healing. We see them all the time. I'm not used to them. I'm not like, yeah, a miracle. Ugh. How can you not be amazed when someone gets healed? I'm never shocked anymore or surprised, but I pray that I'm always in awe. I pray that I'm always very sure that it wasn't me. I pray that I am always absolutely convinced that it was not me. So do I operate in the gift of healing? Yes. Do I operate in the gift of prophecy? Yes. Somebody asked me one time, how many of the giftings? It was like all of them. We're like, what? How do, you, how do you do that? And I'm like, oh, Lord. Well, I love Jesus, and just whatever he wants to do, he can do. And then I was just so thankful to hear Smith Wigglesworth uh, uh, say that he really felt like it was best for a man not to know, or a woman, hello, ladies, to not know what particular gifting they were operating out of at that moment. Because if you are so in awe of the gift of salvation and the gift of the Holy Spirit, are you kidding me? A gift of God? Do you understand what we've been given? Um, we've been giving eternal life instead of eternal death. We have been given peace and joy instead of worry and anxiety. Let me tell you how to know that you're really living in the kingdom of God. What are you filled with? Because when the Bible says do not worry, the kingdom, let me tell you what kingdom worry comes from. Kingdom of self. Because we like to keep a little control, don't we? Yeah, then we got to get convicted, right? The kingdom of God, what is the kingdom of God? Peace, joy, and righteousness in the Holy Spirit. And I am learning, I have learned, and then I have to relearn to remember what kingdom I'm operating out of every day. What kingdom am I, what kingdom have I set up camp in today? The kingdom of my soul and what I want and what I fear and what I hope? Or have I firmly set up camp in the kingdom of God where I just really actually don't have to worry and I really actually can enjoy His peace and His joy and His righteousness? My son, my eight-year-old son, a few weeks ago, well, look at his drawing. He draws in my journal sometimes. My eight-year-old son, the other day I was cooking, which is a miracle in and of itself. We have lots of miracles. Some days I cook and clean. Some days that's a really big miracle. 
<laughs> I'm learning. I'm submitting. Oh, Jesus. I found it in the Bible that I'm supposed to, like, keep the house. I thought that was just my dad. <laughs> I really did. I just somehow just thought that was my dad. So now I fold clothes with joy. <laughs> and I say, this is not any less spiritual than healing the sick. Praise God. <laughs> just being real, right? So my, my son, I was cooking and he was in the living room and my, my older son was doing some schoolwork, the homeschool, and um, we need lots of miracles and healings. And so um, my son, my, my Shiloh son, he says, Mom, sometimes I forget that Bruce a dog. Bruce our dog. And I said, why, baby? Because you just love him so much. He said, yeah, and what would I do without him? Like when you're cooking and Elijah's doing schoolwork, what would I do without? I'm thinking, what would he do without a dog? Wow. D-O-G, G-O-D. Oh, whoa. Okay. Honey, did you know that God's with you? <laughs> and he goes, yeah, but I can't play with him. I said, yes, you can. You want me to teach you how? And he was like, sure. And I said, okay, come on, let's sit down. So we sat down the, on the floor and I turned the burner off or whatever. And we sat down and I said, okay. So here's the deal. God is always with you. He never leaves you. He never forsakes you. And it's not just an idea, honey. God is in the room. Actual God is actually in the actual room with you. You want to feel him? He said, yeah. So I said, okay. So I want you to stop thinking about Brewster. I want you to stop thinking about your football cards. I want you to put your mind on God. Okay. And he said, okay. So he sat on the floor and he closed his eyes. I wouldn't take a picture, but I didn't want him to see me take a picture, so I didn't. And he's got his little eyes closed. And I said, thank you, God, for revealing yourself to Shiloh. I thank you, God, for your manifest presence. I thank you, God, that your kabod will come and cover him. And all of a sudden, I see my eight-year-old going. <laughs> <laughs> The one who was healed of food allergies when I was delivered of fear, by the way. So he's grown up in a house full of miracles. He sees demons cast out all the time. He sees people go from constant pain and 24 medications to off all medications that week. He sees Muslims come in with all their covering and be prayed for and fall out in the presence of God. He goes into the Hindu home, the second largest Hindu temple in the nation. He goes with me and eats their food while we pray. And what we pray for happens. So they keep asking us to come back and they say we believe and they say here's our prayer list will you pray again yes we'll pray but I didn't know that my Shiloh had never experienced the manifest presence of God for himself and all of a sudden he goes mom I feel like I'm lifting up off the ground but it also feels heavy just like Pastor Tim said today he said it feels like really heavy on my arms but I feel so light anybody know yeah yeah and so then if a few days later my older son had hurt his feelings and Shiloh was really upset and I grabbed him and I was holding him and my mama heart wanted to like 
I don't know, promise him something fun later on. But I heard the Holy Spirit saying, tell him he's not alone. Tell him he's not alone. So I was like, honey, you're not alone. You're not alone. What an odd thing for a mom to say, right? But I was speaking from the Holy Spirit. So I said, you're not alone. You're not alone. And then I was, oh my goodness, he must be battling a spirit of loneliness. And so I said, in the name of Jesus, I break off every spirit of loneliness that would lie to my son. I said, I am feeling, honey, that there are thoughts in your mind right now that you're all alone. That no one really cares about you, even though I'm holding you. And he waited a few minutes and he said, so you were right. I I was hearing that I'm all alone. And because I'm all alone, I need to keep score of everything bad that my brother's done to me like to keep him company keep a record of wrongs anybody (laughs) and so we just brought the bible to that and so the bible says love keeps no record of wrongs the bible says that you are never alone so the lie of loneliness is that it's a lie and i want to say that to the whole room the lie of loneliness is exactly that it's a lie Because the Bible says, I will never leave you or forsake you. And then the other night, my oldest son was battling with some stuff in the house. Anybody got a perfect house where nothing ever bad happens? Anybody have a house where there's never any upset or fussing or depression or anger or yelling ever, ever, ever? Okay. Me either. So there's some stuff going in the house with some imperfect people who are so loved by God. And I'm like, ooh, my heart's like wanting to like be really disappointed and then really mad. My heart's like wanting to freak out on me. So I went to the piano and I thought, if I can preach this, I can live this. Yes, Lord, what do you want to say? And I, and I wrote this song and, and it says, um, so I, it's four, five, six, if you want to. So I will lift my eye and see. Sorry. Yeah. Or whatever you're in. So or, or you don't have to play. <laughs> so four, five, six. So I will lift my eyes and tell my heart, magnify the Lord. Because when the enemy is closing in, your spirit is my sword. And I'm protected by believing in the promises you give i'm safe forever because you live okay so let me break that song down for you for a second anybody want to know what it's saying besides just hearing the words so who said it who said it okay trevor Okay, right now, some of my worst nightmares are happening. Right now, in my own house, some of my worst fears are happening. Can we just do that? Can I just speak in tongues right here? Okay. Right now, as my worst fears are happening in my own house. See, it's easy to go and talk to someone else when their worst fears are happening, isn't it? My worst fears are happening right here in my own house. What am I going to do? I will lift my eyes from this situation to the hills where my help comes from. 
I will lift my eyes and I will tell my heart, heart, you will magnify the Lord. I'm going to tell you, if you don't tell your heart what to do, your heart will tell you what to do. And your heart is deceitful. (laughs) You say, well, I'm a believer. My heart's been cleansed by God. Well, good for you. But sometimes my heart is still deceitful (laughs) and still wants to take me down worry and fear and anger. Does that mean I'm going to hell? No, I'm not suggesting that. It does mean I'm about to go down a path that God does not want me on, that Jesus died, that I don't have to go down. And so I say, heart, you listen to me. With my will, I say, we will magnify the Lord. Because my feelings are fickle and I want to scream right now. But I am going to praise the Lord. I'm not a screamer. So what I would actually do is shut down and disapprove. I would disapprove really hard. (laughs) When I get disappointed, I disapprove very silently. (laughs) So that's what my heart wanted to do. But I said, heart, we will magnify the Lord. Because when the darkness, and and this is what you do, okay, when it happens, because being born again does not mean that your life is now easy. It means that Jesus is easy. And every time you turn to Him, He'll lift the load off your heart. But life is going to be hard. In fact, if you love Jesus, the world will hate you. This is what you tell new believers. And if you love Jesus... You separate yourself from the world. And if you want to be transformed, first you got to be not conformed to this world and its patterns. Then you will be transformed by the renewing of your mind. 1 John 5 talks about that if you you believe you overcome the world you can say i'm a believer and say that means there's one god the bible says good for you even the demons believe that you say i'm a believer what does that mean for you you mean there's you believe there's one god the bible says good for you even the demons believe that if you're a believer you overcome the world You don't let the world overcome you. You don't let the world overcome you. You, Listen to me. You don't let the world and what it thinks. Who cares what it thinks? It hated Jesus. It will hate you. I just feel like my friends hate me now because they think I'm better than them. You are. They can have what you have if they want Jesus, but I don't want people to want what I have if they don't want Jesus. I want them to want Jesus. Everybody wants peace. Who gets it? Those who trust in Him. And you know, who does God love? Who does God love? Everyone. The Bible says He rescues those who love Him. See, the cross forever settles the question, am I loved by God? For God so loved the world. And John 17 says, Jesus said, Jesus said that as believers, we, that 
God loves who? Just as much as Jesus. Yes, all of his believers. He says, so the world will know that God sent me and that he loves you as much as he loves me. Did you know that God loves you as much as he loves Jesus? What, I mean, what a relief. I thought Jesus convinced God to love me. I, I think I thought until I started reading the Bible for myself. Let me, let me say, read the Bible for yourself. Read it like you've never heard anything. This is my suggestion. Read it with no filter, no religious filter, no culture filter, no church filter, no anything filter. Read the Bible like you've never heard anything. Read it for yourself. Read the Bible and ask God to reveal himself to you. Because when I read the Bible, I realized that I had some wrong mindsets. I really thought that Jesus convinced God to love me. No, come to find out the cross was God's idea. <laughs> he loved me so much. He loves you so much. He loves you so much that he sent Jesus to die for you. He sent Jesus to take away your sins so that you could, through faith, by grace, instantly made right with God instantly at the point of belief made right with God so now your life proves that God loves you now now you get to prove that you love him so when hard times come to you and they will you can say God loves me okay this I already know and you're reading your word so you're being built up and you're receiving the mind of Christ and then you say, okay, so now I'm going to prove that I love Jesus because he loves me so much. So I'm going to prove that. And I'm going to keep my cool by the power of the Holy Spirit instead of blowing my top right here. You know what I mean? Like Nathaniel was saying, whether you win or lose at football, you just go ahead and give God glory and you go ahead and give him thanks. So the song, so I will lift my eyes and I'll tell my heart, heart magnify the Lord. When the enemy is closing in, your word and spirit are my sword. I'm protected by believing in the promises you give. I'm safe forever because you live. How do I say that? Well, because, you know, you can go through the put on the helmet of salvation and the breastplate. I love that. We are covered. Put on the whole armor. But I found a shortcut. Psalm 91 says, your faithful promises are my armor and protection. So you can save a few steps by just trusting. If you trust that God is good, His promises will be your protection and your armor. So that's the point behind this song. So I wrote that song while there was chaos in my house one night. The next day, my son, I'm sitting playing the song, and my 11-year-old says, Mama, my boys love the word. In fact, sometimes they'll use it in a funny way. My, my eight-year-old the other day, I said, Honey, do you love me? He said, I'm not feeding your sheep. <laughs> because Jesus said, 
Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? He says, feed my sheep, you know. So my son's like, I don't know where you're going with this, but I'm not feeding your sheep, Mom. (laughs) I called my 11-year-old yesterday morning. I said, honey, have you read your Bible? And he said, yes, ma'am. I said, what did you read? He said, oh, Paul was prophesying about, you know, what's going on these days, false doctrine. I don't know if y'all are hearing it, but in Nashville, there's a lot of false doctrine. I sat and talked to a guy recently who was trying to tell me that nobody's under condemnation. Trying to tell me that whatever in this scripture that doesn't look like his perception of Christ, you don't have to do it. And there was a teaching sent out to our church that, um, guess what? Now you are Christ. Like taking united with Christ to to a, a bigger extent. Like, you know what? Now you're part of the Trinity. And you're just born sinless and can never sin. So just be amazing and learn how to do all these amazing things. Forget like holiness and and living righteously before the Lord and you know Colossians 3 talks about being seated in the heavenlies seated in the heavenlies we're say I'm seated in the heavenlies with Christ I'm seated in the heavenlies with Christ and a few verses down it said so get rid of your evil desires <laughs> it doesn't say you're seated at the right hand of God Christ so you have no evil desires no it doesn't say that there's still something being worked out here while we're on earth and that is proving your love for Christ so the next day I'm, I'm singing this song that I'd written during the chaos and my son my 11 year old goes mom can you come here and he goes um, mom you know you prayed for me not too long ago and those evil thoughts I was having left I said yes son and we're about to pray for anyone who wants prayer because I just remembered I'm not in Nashville. We start at 10.30 and dismiss sometimes at 1 a.m. the next morning. I mean, people go to lunch. Some do, some don't. Now they've started bringing it so they don't have to leave. And we just read books of the Bible. I just remembered. <laughs> I love you all so much. And you are so sweet, you'd probably sit with me. Anyway, my son says, Mom, you know the other day, when we prayed and those thoughts were tormenting me? And I said, yes. He said, so if it comes back and I let it in, it'll be seven times stronger, right? And I said, right. And he said, it just came back with a vengeance, like almost uncontrollable. Would you pray for me again? And I said, yes, I will. And I said, Elijah, you know what just happened? The Holy Spirit grab the sword of the word of God in your heart and went to the demon that is afflicting you right now and I said honey how do you feel about that and he said my joy is incredible and I said why he said because it means it's not just how I am and I have to deal with it I'm not born to think like this he felt incredible joy knowing that the word of God could be used against this thing and he could continue on in peace and joy 
So I want to say to you, when the enemy comes in and says, see, your house will never change. See, you'll never change. See, your kids are doing this. See, that, that, that. See, you have a choice. And you can allow the Holy Spirit to grab the sword of the Word of God, but first the Word has got to be in your heart. To grab the Word of God and, uh, against the enemy. How's that sound? I mean, honestly, you really can. We need God. What time do y'all usually dismiss now? Around two? I was about to preach another sermon. I thought he said two. All right, I'm going to hurry, okay? And we're going to and we're going to pray. The one question that I wanted to ask you this morning is who are you following and who are you imitating? The Bible says Paul said, "Follow me as I follow Christ. Imitate me as I imitate Christ." And most recently, I just had a huge breakthrough in my life when the Lord was asking me through His Spirit and His Word to do something that felt humanly impossible for me. And I asked the Lord, how do I do this? And He said, like Christ. And all of a sudden, I pictured Christ in, instead of me and how He would do what God had asked me to do. He would do it in full humility and submission to the Father. So I want, and I have a ton of scriptures. I'm just going to read them out to you, and you can read them when you get home. How does that sound? I'm going to tell you the references, because we just wouldn't want to go a whole sermon without reading the Bible, would we? I had Romans, well, I had 1 Corinthians 11.1, and that's imitate me as I imitate Christ. Romans 12, 2, about not conforming to the world, but being transformed by the renewing of your mind. 1 Timothy 4, 8, in case who you're following are, are athletes, it talks about how physical training is good, but spiritual training is far better because it's, it's building up for us a crown that will last forever. So this would be good for you athlete followers. Are you following a model? Are you following style you know how we just like see these things and we like it we just want it and then our mind just goes there what i'm saying is discipline yourself to follow christ discipline yourself to be like he's so amazing i don't really feel it right now i really want to go follow my favorite other thing but i want to follow christ so i'm going to discipline myself to be in the word god i know you've already found me i want to find you in a real way I want to find you in a real way because it matters. 2 Timothy 1, 9 says that we are saved and called. Saved by God and called to live a holy life. So people wonder what their calling is. It's to God himself and to live a holy life. Well, how are you going to know how to do that? you got to read the word for yourself. 1 Timothy 4 and 16, where, where Paul was telling Timothy to watch his doctrine to ensure his own salvation and the salvation of those who would hear him. That's huge. What? Okay. Go read it. 1 John 5 
teaches you about defeating the world. In fact, just go ahead and read 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. It's real easy. Read Jude when you get home. Read the whole book. It's just one chapter. Read the whole book of Jude. 1 Corinthians 9, 24 talks again about the athletes. 2 Timothy 2. Oh, I'm going to just read this one. So then we'll have an actual scripture on the sermon. How about that? Y'all want to hear one? Let's hear one and then we'll pray. And we'll sing that song. Oh, Jesus. 2 Timothy 2. I had always kind of... I always really think about those scriptures where the Bible says that many will come to him and say we, we, they'll call him Lord, Lord. And we know the Bible says anyone who calls in the name of the Lord will be saved. But then you've got these scriptures that say, they'll say, Lord, Lord, and he'll say, why call me Lord and do not the things I say? And then they'll say, but we did many miracles. We prophesied. We did so many things in your name. And he'll say, depart from me, workers of iniquity. I never knew you. And I'm like, what in the world? And then I think about where Jesus said, on the day of judgment, Tyre and Sidon, Sodom and Gomorrah will have it easier for you. Here's why. He said, because if I had done the miracles in their towns that I've done for you, they would have repented. Miracles are to cause not only a sense of awe and like, yay, we did it. It is a sense of awe that brings you to repentance that you would ever think it was you. That you could ever think it was you. He is so good. He, the Bible says he sent his word and healed them all. And so I would always just kind of wonder about those, those scriptures. And today it just kind of made sense to me. 2 Timothy 2. But God's, what, what I would really kind of get hung up on is he said, I never knew you because I know God knows everybody. But listen to this. But God's truth stands firm like a foundation stone with this inscription. The Lord knows those who are his. It's an intimate knowing. It's an, it's an intimate knowledge of you where you are allowing yourself to be known. And all who belong to the Lord must turn away from evil. And so then I went and read it in the, the Amplified Version. I think this is the Amplified. I just took pictures of it. Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure having this seal. This might be KJV. The Lord knoweth them that are his, and let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Well, no wonder he said, depart from me, workers of iniquity. Because you either depart from iniquity or you depart from Christ. See, if you believe that Christ is who he says he is, you will do what he says do. The Bible says that we should live out our time here in reverent fear of the Lord. So I can tell you, miracle after miracle, my son's leg was broken and instantly healed. Recently, we had a girl come who had been molested by her stepfather for years. Her mom knew about it and did nothing. Her mom was the head intercessor at a charismatic church. She, was, she had three diseases that caused intense pain in her body. Two of them caused constant pain. This was just a few weeks ago. I told her to come sit in my lap. 
and I held her while she cried. Her sister said she cried for an hour and a half. After the hour and a half, I said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Because I can't heal her, can I? I said, what do you want me to do, Lord? He said, ask her if she's ready to forgive her abusers. Because the Bible says that if you don't forgive sins, after you've been forgiven so much, you'll be handed over the, to the tormentors. So I knew there was unforgiveness in her heart because she's been tormented. So I said, because of love for Christ and her, that's true love for someone to tell them to repent if they need to. I said, are you ready to forgive? And she said, yes. She began forgiving by name her abusers, and they were many. As she forgave, the pain left her body and has not come back. If you have pain in your body today, I want to pray for you, but I encourage you to pray first. And if there's anyone that you need to forgive, because you have been forgiven so much, I encourage you to forgive. And if you say, I don't think I can, do it the way Jesus did it. Jesus on the cross didn't go, oh, you precious people killing me. He said, Father, forgive them. So if you're having trouble forgiving someone today, you don't have to do it on your own. You depend on Father. You depend on the Holy Spirit to bring forth that spirit of forgiveness in you. And don't do it just to let pain heal your body. When, sometimes I hesitate to talk about how healings are done because some people just snatch it like a formula. It needs to be out of love for the Lord. I want you to love the Lord more than I want you to be healed. I want you to love Jesus. I went and talked to Javon during the altar service and I said, Honey, did you know that Jesus healed 10 lepers in the Bible? Leprosy, a terrible, terrible disease. Can you imagine being healed of leprosy? And I said, Do you know how many of those 10 men came back to thank Jesus? Only one. And because he came back to thank Jesus, his sins were forgiven too. I want to encourage you, when you get healed today, anytime you get healed, y'all get healed in this church all the time, don't you? All the time. God is alive here. His spirit is active here. When you get healed, run back to his feet. Run back to his feet. Thank you, Jesus. So I just held Javon this morning. We just thank Jesus together. Thank you for healing his knee. Thank you for healing his ankle. All right, if you need healing, more importantly, if you want Jesus. In fact, let's do that first. Just close your eyes or not. I'm not a big fan of that. But if you want to close your eyes, you can if it makes you feel safer. Thank you, Christy Lynn. She said, or just run to the altar. You know why I don't like the heads bowed and eyes closed thing? Because he said, if you're ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you. All right, I take the challenge. If you realize that you haven't really wanted Jesus and you want to, if maybe you've wanted healings and miracles 
or to be a healer or a miracle person. My challenge to you is to run to the altar. <laughs> they asked me to teach at the Supernatural School of Miracles, Supernatural School of Ministry. And I, I, asked, I asked them, because I felt to, and I'll ask you too, have you put your faith in the life of Christ, or has it been in your life for Christ? That's, that's a really good thing to ask yourself. Is my actual trust, my actual hope and faith in what God, I want Him to do for me or what I want to do for God? Or is it in the actual life of Christ? Because see, these are the things that you're going to have to stand and answer before God. So you might as well answer them now. Because whatever you do in this life is going to go through the fire. Like that man. What a story. What a story. I mean, you like walked into the furnace. And there was another one with you. That's how I see that story. You just walked right to the furnace and there's another one with you. You went through the fire. All of your lives will go through the fire. And whatever was done for Christ will stand. And, and whatever wasn't done for Christ is not saying you won't be saved. Thank you, Jesus. But like escaping through fire. If you're a believer, you are saved. But your life's work is going to be shown in front of, I guess, everybody that was ever born. But who cares about that? Because God will be looking. And whatever wasn't for Him will just be burned up. So we might as well just, just be real and just say, Okay, God, I don't think my motives on this are pure. And I really don't know that I've been wanting you. And I really need your grace to even want you. Yes, please. Just to be real, um, and just how kind the Lord is. Like, you know, it's His kindness that really does lead us to repentance. Um, before Cheyenne got here, it had been about two weeks, and I just kept thinking of these, this certain trip that I went on, this ministry trip, and some different things that had happened. And... Um, I just, I loved it because I'll read a verse for it as well. Hebrews 4, 12 says, For the word of God is alive and powerful. For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Everything, wait, nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before His eyes, and He is the one to whom we are accountable. So I kept thinking about this ministry trip, and um, the Lord was just showing me this reality. Like, I went on this trip. I saw wild miracles. Absolutely. We saw crazy things that the Lord did. But in my pursuit to look radical and to look good in front of these other students that we were seeing crazy miracles, I totally wanted miracles far more than I wanted Jesus. And I started walking in this pride and this desire to perform, and I just missed Jesus. Like, I totally missed Him. And it's like, I just love how kind God is in His kindness. He, he was just showing me that again and again. I saw beautiful miracles, absolutely, but I missed Jesus. And guys, 
that's what we're, that's what Shai is talking about when she says, I, do you really want him? Do you really, really want Jesus? Like, do, do you want to look radical or do you want him? Do you want your life to look radical for him or do you want his life? And that pursuit of do you want Jesus? Because he's beautiful. He is worthy. And it's his word that revealed my motive. I looked great, saw cool miracles, but I wanted miracles more than I wanted Jesus. So as his word is going out, it's piercing your heart. It's revealing the, the actual motives. We want pure hearts before the Lord. So that's what we're saying. Do you want Jesus? <laughs> Do you really want him? Do you really want to know him? And it looked like me repenting this week, praise God. I was on my face. I'm like, Jesus, I'm so sorry. I want you. And I joyfully repent and I get Jesus. Looked like me throwing away some books that were in my house. And I was like, I don't feel the peace of God on this book in my house. I don't even throw this out. Because that's what he does. Oh, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. So it looked like me repenting for walking in fear of man and for not wanting Jesus, for wanting what he could do rather than him. He's just, he's jealous for us, guys. I can't tell you how jealous Jesus is for you, like truly for you, for you, for you, for you. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, thank you for just clean hands, pure hearts. Lord, we want clean hands and pure hearts before you, Jesus. We want eyes to see. We want ears to hear, God. We want eyes to see and we want ears to hear, Jesus. You really are the prize, Jesus. The prize is not how I looked in front of people when I prayed. The prize was Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Will you come and reveal yourself? We don't want anything else. We don't want anything but you. Will you come and reveal yourself? Will you come and reveal yourself? We don't want anything else. We don't want anything but you. Everything we could ever need 
your desire. God, will you come and reveal your desire? Will you come and reveal your desire? Because all that you require seems so hard until we understand that what you want, what you desire is relationship. See, it's not the rules and regulations. When we focus on the rules and regulations, then it's hard to do what he requires. But when we understand that it is relationship that he desires, we get to do it like a giddy bride to be. We get to live like a giddy bride to be. Like, oh, you like this? You like this perfume? You like when I wear this garment of righteousness that I could not purchase with all my good works? You like it when I wear your righteousness that you fully paid for? Oh, I'm going to do it. I'm going to say goodbye to guilt. Bye-bye, guilt. When you ask our church their testimonies, they, they made some old testimonies for y'all, and I forgot to give it to somebody. But when you ask our church their testimonies, you know what they'll say? I was saved from me. One girl was saying, I was saved out of witchcraft. Several of them were giving their testimonies of coming out of homosexuality. Guess what? We didn't preach against it. Some people were, were saved from, from drunkenness and drugs and alcohol. Guess what? We didn't preach against it. We preached Jesus Christ. And when they met Jesus Christ, all the old things lost their hold on them. Because they found out that there was a living God who wanted their affection, not their perfection. Because when you strive for perfection, it's too hard. It's living under the law. And the law just stirs up the sinful desire. But when you understand this living God wants my affection, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? See, only Christ can give you his perfection. But only you can give him your affection. He is not demanding perfection from you. He is hoping for affection from you. And when you freely give him your affection, he freely gives you his perfection. We are not saying, get yourself together and come to Christ. Who could? Who could? No one could. We're saying, will you love him? Jesus saying, will you love me? <laughs> will you love me and let me love you back? Would you freely give me your affection? And then I'll freely give you my perfection. I want to suggest that sometimes the fact that we cannot reach perfection withholds our affection from Him. 
And I want to free you from that by saying it's not your perfection he wants. You're not perfect. No one is. It's your affection. It's your heart. It's your desire. It's your love. It's your focus. It's your attention. But it's hard to love someone that you don't think loves you, isn't it? I have really good news. If you're alive and you're breathing, God loves you. And if you're still breathing, there's a chance for you to love Him back. And guess what? That'll only be by His grace. The whole thing is grace. only made possible by the grace of God so if loving him seems hard say I can't do it help and he will and he will if loving him seems hard say help if loving him seems just crazy and over the top and I don't want to be like that girl anyway you don't have to be like me be like him And he was so vulnerable. Do you know that he exemplified surrender? He exemplified vulnerability. He exemplified total dependence on God. And that's all he wants you to be is totally dependent. He just is asking that you give up your independence. (laughs) Could you just maybe give up your independence to depend fully on a God that loves you so much that he not only created you but he made a way for you to be reconciled to himself through his son Jesus Christ so I will lift my eyes and tell my heart to magnify the Lord cause when the enemy closing in your spirit is my sword and I'm protected by believing in the promises you give I'm safe forever because you live I want to pray with you Christy would you pray or sing or whatever you want to do I just want to go and, and touch okay more thing. I asked <laughs> I asked Sarian last night I said, honey, I have to preach tomorrow and I, nothing that I can say is going to work. We, would you pray for me that Jesus will speak through me? And he was so overcome with the Lord he said, I can't talk. <laughs> so I'm not going to come and tell you anything. I'm just going to come and like join with your faith that Jesus is going to do it. I'm not going to come give you any mighty words or any tips. I'm going to just come and join my faith with yours that Jesus is going to do it. (sighs) One other thing, I just, I think there are people that just want to rededicate their lives to Jesus. Like to actually be a follower of Jesus. To actually follow Jesus. To actually know Him, love Him. And if that's what you want, 
I believe there's never a better time. There's never a better time of just saying, Jesus, you actually have my affection. You really do have all of me. I want to follow you, Jesus. I don't want to just pray this little prayer where I raised my hand and now I'm good. I actually want to follow you, Jesus. Yes, if that's you, I just, just respond to him. the prayer team to come up now and Cheyenne had mentioned previously if you need healing in your body this will be an opportunity for you to come up as well she's going to be going through along with the with the prayer team the presence of God is certainly here he's alive well and he wants you healed I can remember uh, over 25 years ago first time that I, I heard somebody speaking in in words of knowledge a gentleman named Freddie Clark and he described exactly exactly what I was feeling and the knee that I had that that, that I was feeling pain in and I I finally got brave enough to to walk up there and, and he looked at me as I was walking up there and he said you should be ashamed of yourself to be walking up here for healing because he has so much more for you. Rather than hearing and understanding what he was saying, I, I just was offended by that because my pride got in the way. It's like, you know what, you, you made this call, you spoke these words of knowledge and I came up here and now I've just been embarrassed. But, you know, Jesus said, if you're ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you. If you'll acknowledge me, I will acknowledge you. So I just encourage you this morning, if, if there's anything in your life, if there's pain in your body, 
If you need healing, come up because I believe Jesus wants to touch, wants to heal. We have the prayer team and, and, and Cheyenne's going to go through. She's going to, as long as you're not in a hurry, we're not in a hurry. So you be blessed. You're dismissed to go if you're ready to go. But if you want to spend some more time in his presence, in the glory, if you need healing in your body, or if there's any spiritual need that you have in your life, come on down. God bless you.